When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a special bonus episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. I'm Tim Williams, the mastermind behind the mic at the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. Joining me on each epic episode is a guest co-host who's as crazy about 80s flicks as they are about wearing parachute pants and solving Rubik's Cubes. We're diving into nostalgic treasures we saw at the local theater, rented on VHS tapes, or discovered on cable TV. From blockbusters that make you say, I feel the need, the need for speed. To hidden gems that'll have you screaming, here. It's a blast to relive these old memories and share our thoughts on what made these movies so special. We reminisce about our first time watch experiences, share our favorite scenes, and even discover fascinating behind the scenes tales about the cast and crew along the way. Haven't hit that subscribe button yet? What are you waiting for? Come on, do it! On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And hey, while you're at it, be a pal and drop us a written review along with a five-star rating to tell us what you think about us. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Take a day off and come hang out with us on social media. Just search 80s Flick Flashback on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And don't forget to bookmark 80sflickflashback.com for more gnarly content. Get out of town. I didn't know you did anything creative. Want to crank it all the way up to 11? Become a supporter on buymeacoffee.com for only $5 a month. Do or do not. There is no try. Click the link in our episode show notes, and while you're there, soak up the extra trivia and fun stuff that didn't make it into today's show. Thanks again for tuning in. Now, let's get right into today's episode. All right, welcome in everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today for this very special episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. Don't get this opportunity very often, so I'm very thankful to have this very special guest with me today. Icon actor of the 80s. Uh, no. I'm, a big, I'm a big fan. Uh, this is like, you know, this is big <laughs> for me, so I'm trying to stay calm. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Keith Coogan to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for ha- having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I just big... 
love to talk movies. So, I mean, yeah, I happen to do a few, and but That's I'm a awesome. big movie nerd. So, oh, well, good. Well, you, you fit right in. So, uh, but yeah, thanks so much for taking time to be on the podcast. So, uh, we're going to jump in. I had a lot to cover, but we're going to, we'll, we'll get what we can get. And, uh, Maybe I'll have you back another time and we can talk a little bit longer. So absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, Sorry about the truncated really crazy right now. <laughs> Lots of travel. Look, and oh stuff. yeah, I know. I it's, mean, yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we've been trying to do this for probably about four or five months now. I think oh, we, we've had to push back a couple of times, but my I'm summer just, was ridiculous. And this is just <laughs> this was the one moment before another couple of weeks of oh, craziness. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I appreciate your patience and oh, no lining it up. Appreciate it. All right. So uh, I know you started acting very early. Of course, you're uh, the grandson of Mr. Jackie Coogan. So oh. did did he influence you to get into acting at all? Or no. just, it just hit you. Everybody. Oh, no, it is so weird. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> not connected at all. Didn't know him and didn't know of his legacy or that he was right. in uh, Hollywood um, living in Sacramento. My mom mm -hmm. was going to college. And I was watching uh, kids shows, uh, Sesame Street, Electric Company, that <laughs> stuff. And I said, I, I want to be on TV. So it's got to be genetics or something. I took to it. I can read really well and learn lines. And, yeah. Uh, behave, relatively <laughs> behave on a set. Um, you're still a kid, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because, like, I've, I've been going back and watching. I, for some reason, The Love Boat has become, like, my favorite. Like, let's go back and watch oh, old TV shows. And boat. just recently, I saw an episode that you were on. Uh, as a little little kid and i was like man he started so young and i know you were like on the waltons for a little bit uh when you were really young like how old were you when you were doing when you got started Five, uh, right yeah commercials yeah bit of work until i got union in 76 okay six and then um like chips and uh yep. the love boat mm -hmm. um i was doing some movies of the week well one of them was called battered with Karen oh. Grassle and Mike okay. Farrell and um, was about spousal abuse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other one was called Question of Love, which was about lesbian parents getting sued by the dad for custody of the kids. Because oh, wow. Yeah. And this is in the 70s. Yeah, no, so that's groundbreaking for the 70s. I was working sure. with great people like Jane, Gina Rollins, Jane Alexander, Clue yeah. Uliger, and um, uh, finding myself just instantly thrown in with uh, working professionals and i yeah. so my family did once i started they're like all mm. right here's the deal you have entered the family business <laughs> uh my mom set me up so that i years ago she smelled that people are going to turn on nepo babies okay? mm -hmm. so she did not let me use coogan right yeah i noticed that i your acted name was as yeah. keith mitchell for mm -hmm. uh, 10 years of television and um then changed it after he passed away so gotcha. she thanks mom you were <laughs> thanks for making it harder for me yeah, because I think you were still listed as Keith Mitchell when you did Fox and the Hound, right? For oh, yeah. the voice of uh, of young All the way up to, um, I think it was Raising Miranda, Silver Spoons, Growing Pains, mm -hmm. Just the Ten of Us. I think I might have already done the Silver Spoons. And my mom mentioned that I had changed my name and we actually contacted and said, can you change the credit to Coogan? And they're like, sure. So that was like the first one I think I changed the name on. Silver Spoon is another one is on Tubi now, so I've been I've been watching the old Great. episodes. I of haven't that. seen that. Yeah, I hadn't seen Love Boat um, episode. In, I, oh yeah. I mean, since maybe we watched it on VHS, I hadn't <laughs> seen it. Just memories of it, and uh, people have been writing books, and I've been doing interviews on 
specific shows like Knight Rider or oh, right, Boat has right, come right. up pretty recently. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, now that Paramount Plus and all the streaming channels, they they're they're pulling some of those old ones out. And it's cool because they've you know put it up in HD so it looks you know a little crisper now than it it did on our fuzzy uh analog uh you know antenna TVs back in the early <laughs> 80s. You know how they when they did Star Trek Next Generation no, when they did the original series, TOS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not right. <laughs> that they used CGI and they upgraded the pl the planet shots, the right, ship right. model shots, like transporter <laughs> effects. They went nuts. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be funny if they like accidentally applied it to Three's Company or <laughs> Love Boat, or you see these amazing vistas outside the boat? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so funny watching it now because like especially Love Boat because it's like you know all the exterior shots of the real ship and then they go to this close. You know as a studio. I mean like even as a kid I think oh, I knew God. it was a studio. The, um and the background it was uh, uh rear projection. Okay. Um and it was done so cheesily. Uh <laughs> there was I want to say no bigger than a 10 by 10 foot, just enough to fit behind an actress's head for a close up. Right, right. And they would position it, right, you know, position them there at the railing. Mm. It was always a two shot behind them at the railing and then like their singles. Right. And right. Uh, they'd play this footage, would be playing, you know, <laughs> on the background and film it. It looked great. I thought, I think that rear projection looks better than blue screen anyway. So, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's jump into, you know, when I first saw, well, I mean, I saw you on the TV shows. I know I did, but I became like one of your biggest fans for 1987 Adventures in Babysitting, of course. Yes. Uh, of course, who didn't have a crush on Elizabeth Shue uh, coming out of Karate Kid? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wow. Everybody did. Oh, yeah. I'd even gone and seen Link oh, like, yeah. prior to shooting Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> There's a deep the cut right Rapp, there. We, yeah. like, we rented it in the um lobby of the hotel we were staying at for mm -hmm. rehearsals we had a couple of rehearsals had a room with a vhs and a big mm -hmm. screen you know one of those big screen tvs yeah no, was like more of those projector with the red green blue yep, like i those. remember those yeah i had a friend of mine I had one of those we're watching great movies and art films and we're like hey there's a movie where lisa shows her boobs and we're like what oh so we rented that <laughs> we go to tell her oh, lisa we saw a link and she goes that was a double just instantly <laughs> shuts us down right there. So what you thought you saw, you did not see, right? I did not see, no. <laughs> so how was it making the movie? And of course, it looks so much fun watching it. Did you guys have as much fun making it as yes. we had watching it? Yes, yes. It has a, um, you know, a dark comedy or a serial comic tone. Yeah. It's not always serious, you know, uh, although the bad guys are pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's still you know not super dangerous the language is the most dangerous part i didn't even think about that when we were making it right i was thrilled that we were finally because of just only doing tv mm -hmm. um and uh an audition for movies where there was cursing but i'd never gotten any so <laughs> finally got to curse in adventures of babysitting a little bit everybody right. did um and that was fun at one point we looked around and we go maya can't uh who played sarah uh -huh. little sister yeah um if we keep cursing she won't be able to see the movie she's in so we backed <laughs> off a little bit <laughs> it was all in the script oh yeah yeah oh man so that being your first big movie what was it like like did they have a premiere for that when you saw it on the big screen like what was it like seeing yourself on the big screen the first time well i had been to screenings uh for some of the movies of the week and stuff oh, okay. they had okay. been up for academy and golden globe and so they had had screenings and it's always awesome mm -hmm. um i'd done all summer in a day 
which was a film, a Bradbury uh, short mm-hmm. that was played in schools. And we had a nice big screening for that. <laughs> um, what this was fun was getting in a limo on opening night and running oh, around yeah. with Chris Columbus and the cast <laughs> going theater to theater. And we get in the theater. I don't know how they'd arranged it for us to just to like, we're not going to stay. We're just going to peek in. So we go, we peek in the back. And it would all, it would be like the train sequence or the babysitting blues or whatever. We just oh, see yeah, how yeah. it's playing. Are they yeah. laughing? Are they oh, yeah, laughing? Yeah. yeah. Different places, different parts of town laughing different parts. And um we went on a press tour prior to the movie coming out. Mm-hmm. About two weeks prior, the cast split up. I think Maya Bruton went with Chris Columbus and Elizabeth Hugh <laughs> went off that way, and then me and Anthony Rapp went off mm-hmm. somewhere else and covered, you know, 30 cities or something. Oh, um, me and Anthony did 11 of them <laughs> in nine days. That was, that was quite wow. a So you, um, and what's sad is, and I knew this, um, uh, even from doing like series work where you've worked mm-hmm. with people for a little while, it's, you get really close with them when you work and then you move on to another job. Mm-hmm. And um, I had hoped that I was not going to be a flash in the pan or a star I just wanted to keep working. I just love the job. Right, right. And so the great thing about adventure babysitting is true ensemble picture, I think. Mm-hmm. Everybody really has a great oh yeah chance to carry their part. And that's what I give to Chris Columbus is he really turned the time on the camera and the editing to let everyone have their, their moments. Mm-hmm. So great. Yeah. So spoiled in that it was the first, one of the bigger, and um, I called it Rolling Thunder in that we had... <laughs> All the trucks, the cranes, and mm-hmm. the lights, and great hair, makeup, wardrobe, stunts, all that stuff. Transportation, lots of vehicles, lots of car shots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. After that, I was like, if I will read scripts just to see if there's any <laughs> interior car shots because we spent weeks, and I'm not kidding, we spent weeks inside of the station wagons, wow. Cadillac, the tow truck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they just, and we had reshoots. We'd be like, got a reshoot. And we'd be <laughs> like, back. We left Toronto after shooting all of, a lot of the movie. We go to mm-hmm. Chicago, and they go, "Yeah, we had a bit." And we're like, "You brought the truck from Toronto? It's following <laughs> us." We still had to get to in the damn thing. <laughs> yes, I know that you mentioned it's like there is a lot of driving in that movie when you really think about it. So yeah, it's hard. One of the hardest things to shoot because you, you have really good lighting, really good riggers, <laughs> gr- grips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, transpo, they're driving, you know, a truck that's towing the car. Right. And so the actor can go like this and look around and not have to, you know, look at the road. Like, they got right, a whole right. conversation like exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going like this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's practical. You're not mm-hmm. poor man's process. You're not green screen, blue screen. I hate it. I can see it on TV. I recognize it instantly. Right. And right. there's just something about really being in a car. And um, driving up and down the streets over and over. Oh, is that the cameraman can't be there? They have to go and lock it off. Now they got remotes and things, and they get to shoot 8K and do like digital zooms and make it look like it's panning. Right. We didn't have that. It was film. Huh. We shoot <laughs> with rocks and sticks. <laughs> so they would suction cup and lock off cameras, and you know maybe two if you have the money or it's a big sequence. It mm-hmm. also makes them move a little quicker. Um, you can't really light well for more than one angle ah, that's the key okay. and as the chip sensitivities got better now they can put more cameras around because lighting sucks these days on movies and tv honestly <laughs> it's big general washes yeah yeah there's no specific key lights everyone's backlit oh my god everybody and everything <laughs> is backlit and i know backlighting is important but i don't know we're hopefully 
there will be people picking up the cameras, just picking up their iPhone mm-hmm. or picking up a shoot, a cheap, a DLS, DSLR. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I have a black magic that I love and I'm like, I get such a great picture out of that. So um, people should be shooting and making their own things, but we were running around with this Panavision and um, great cinematographer, Rick Waite. And we had time in three months. That's the spoilage. That's mm-hmm. where really only on Don't Tell All the Babysitter's Dead, Toy Soldiers, and Cousins did we mm-hmm. have that kind of time. Your Book of Loves and uh, <laughs> um, Under the Boardwalks, Cheetahs, Hiding Out were shot a little shorter time, maybe in a two-month period, two-and-a-half-month okay. period. Gotcha. Now they're like, all right, 16 days of principal <laughs> photography. And now these messages. Hey there, fellow 80s movie aficionados. Are you ready to embark on a nostalgia-filled journey to the greatest era of cinema? Then look no further than the Retro Life for You 80s Movie Podcast. Join us every week as we rewind the VHS tapes, dust off those Betamax classics, and dive headfirst into the neon-soaked, totally tubular world of the 1980s movies. From the Brat Pack to Action Heroes, we've got it all covered. Breakfast Club, Ghostbusters, E.T. and Indiana Jones, and more. It's like a trip in Doc Brown's time machine, but without the DeLorean. So whether you're a diehard 80s film buff, or just curious about the cinematic gems of the past, Retro Life for You is your ticket to the ultimate movie time warp. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Retro Life for You, and we can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast as well as on our website, www.retrolife4theletteru.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you brought up Hiding Out. That's another one of my favorites. Yes. So, so, so far, I saw, I'll go back and see. I saw Fox and the Hound in the theater. I remember that's one of my earliest movies seen yes. in the theater that I remember. I remember crying in the movie. That's the first movie I remember crying at the theater. <laughs> I think the second one was E.T. But then uh, I saw Adventures of Babysitting in the theater. I saw Hiding Out in the theater. And I remember, oh, yeah, great. yeah, I remember that. I think I remember going to see it, but not really knowing much about what it was because I, I don't guess it really got a lot of press for it. Uh, but I know I was a big music person. So it had the song, you know, uh, Catch Me Now I'm Falling was like big. So I think I went to see it because the song was in it or whatever. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, but but of course I knew who John Cryer was. I'd seen you know some of his other movies and stuff, but that was such a fun movie, and it's one that I still like. If people haven't seen it, I'm like, you've got to watch Hiding Out. It's such a fun movie. You know, it, it's of course a little cheesier now, but at the time it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> but how did you get involved with that one? I saw the script on Anthony Rapp's coffee table. Uh, <laughs> we were shooting eventually babysitting, and we yeah. were kind of moving from toronto to chicago mm-hmm. and which means we had about another month left of filming and it's time to start looking for a job right so only so many call sheets left 
And um, I go, what's that? And it's called adult education. Oh, and he okay. goes, oh, it's a part, but it's too much like Daryl. Fast talking, mm -hmm. sex fiend kind of, <laughs> you know. And I went, oh, do you mind if I, you know. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I'm not going to go behind his back. I'm going to oh, go, yeah, can, yeah. can I go after it? He said, yeah, I don't care. And so <laughs> I had fun going after Patrick. And then I went up for the audition. And in New York alone, I'm 17. Like head down, don't look at me in the eye. Find the address. Ooh, hot dog. No, just go. You know, ooh, pizza. I had some best pizza. So I go and I'm and uh, it's like this loft, and um, they have a couple of people there. They're like, oh, it's you know, producer director kind of stuff. Cool. Mm -hmm. And I get and I go. You know, the one thing about the dialogue, and it's kind of a screen test because it's a big backdrop and lots of room to work, mm -hmm. and kind of doing it a couple of times so that it wasn't didn't feel like. You're just taping, taking a tape, and everyone's there. They can make the decision right there in the room. It's the only chance I'm going to be in New York, so it's now or never. And I said, <laughs> teenagers don't talk like that. Um, we need to work on the dialogue. Like some of the dialogue could be rewritten more, more like kids talk. And they go, oh, Marty. And Marty goes, hi, I'm, I'm one of the producers. I'm also the writer. And I just died. I went, oh, Jesus. And he goes, no, okay, we'll work. We'll work on it mm -hmm. to see, you know, how kids talk. And I'm like. Well, that was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and I got it. I had so much fun working with John Cryer, Ultimate Pro. He put together a lot of great people because he kind of put together the whole thing. Okay. Got the material, got the money and the thing. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't even know why he doesn't have a credit, a producer credit. Right. But right. he made that thing happen, maybe even above producer. Wow. He created his own opportunity. What's he good at? He looked really um boy face. Boy face. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't yeah. we write a thing where he like has, he can go back to high school? <laughs> perfect sold because we'll put a boy george song uh pretty poison and mm -hmm. we'll have roy Everson introduce um a new artist that everybody's gonna love forever and ever katie lang Who's oh yeah katie lang? i don't know we'll introduce everybody to <laughs> katie lang with hiding out isn't there that crazy yeah it had three top 10 songs mm -hmm. and, and, and so when you mentioned the music yeah who pulled you into it it was directed by bob giraldi mm -hmm. directorial debut I had a lot of first-time directors. Chris Columbus was first-time director, right. and Bob Giraldi, who was famous for a Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson, right. and a pyrotechnic that right. went wrong, yes. set fire to Michael Jackson's hairpiece, <laughs> and the whole deal. Yeah. So, um, who hired, who worked with Daniel Pearl, who came from music video genres mm -hmm. and horror, because horror and music video kind of come winds up. Daniel Pearl. The director of photography, I made fun of him. I'm like, your initials are DP and you're the DP. <laughs> I didn't know this at the time because we didn't have IMDB. Right. He's the, he's the director of photography on the original um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> so they knew he could make movies cheap and quick. That's how he yeah. got into music videos. And Bob Giraldi hired him to do the mashup of the thriller and then the comedy. I don't know. But all wow. of those cool elements came yeah, together for, yeah. for Dino Delarenis, God rest his soul. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like, well, I've, we've covered a lot of 80s movies on the podcast, and that's one thing I noticed about the 80s definitely mastered that meshing of genres and finding the balance. Some better yeah. than others, but, but you definitely they, got some in there. We had a lot of body-switching movies. Yeah, and I think yeah. that Hiding Out could go into that category because, like, with uh, like Father Like Son, mm -hmm. it's really a lot about, like, is it was it was that the one with Dudley Moore and Sean Astin? Uh, oh, oh, like oh, oh, Dudley. Oh gosh, there's one it with was, Fred Savage. Yeah, and Judd, uh, Judge yeah, that's Reinhold. vice versa. That's vice. That's versa. vice versa. Yeah, and then yeah, and like probably then, was 
was Dudley like Moore. Like Father and, is Dudley Moore and, and uh, Sean Astin and uh, Kirk Cameron. Oh, Kirk Cameron. I went yeah. after the Sean Astin part. That's why. I oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Obsessing on Sean Astin. <laughs> um, hi, Kirk. Love you. <laughs> and uh, I also auditioned for Growing Pains for Kirk, the Kirk wow. Cameron part. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got Brad. I got Patrick. Very there happy. There you go. Patrick. Yeah. And for that, I had a big premiere in Westwood at the National uh, mm-hmm. with a marching band and searchlights and <laughs> limos and good fun. Awesome. Zero cocaine. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> so of all the stuff, so you know, so of course you closed out the 80s with Cousins and Cheetah that I know you mentioned. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we had Under the Boardwalk in yeah, there, yeah. a little surf movie. Yep. And then, yep. yeah, Cousins and Cheetah. Um, I think I just finished Cheetah. Yeah, and then I did Cousins. Okay. Cheetah, I had my 18th birthday on an island in the middle of Africa. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask on an island like, yeah. in the middle of a lake in the middle of Kenya, okay. in the middle of Africa, gotcha. and then uh, got to do cousins, which is great because because I was working with so many interesting people. Yeah, yeah, like Isabella Rossellini, mm-hmm. uh, Norma Oliander, who had just had an Oscar nomination for Gabby, a true story, and she's also in a soldier story. Who she mm-hmm. was doing a movie in Argentina where there was against the current politics at the time, and they were shooting out of a van in a public square so that the camera would be in a van shooting across the long lens. Okay. She said, if they found out that they were making this film, she could have been executed. Wow. Here I wow. am. I'm like, well, at least I have the Africa. I could be like, I went to Africa. I have something interesting to talk about rather than my cul-de-sac in LA, right. and my bike. You know what I mean? Um, and Ted Danson and, and mm. uh, William Peterson, Sean Young, Lloyd mm. Bridges. The cast was ridiculous. And then Joel Schumacher's director. Yeah. Mwah. Yeah. Chef's Kiss of a movie. And Vancouver was perfect place to shoot that movie. <laughs> they didn't pretend it wasn't Vancouver. They didn't right. say it was. They just didn't change the mailboxes or the <laughs> um, newspaper stands, fire hydrants, or. Um, traffic signals which are different in canada than here and mm. that's how you can spot when it's been shot in canada <laughs> yeah i've picked that up on a few a few things i've kind of gotten a little more keen to that over the years robocop the new robocop did a good job there's like a two block stretch that mm. has taller office buildings and you, mm. it doubles as a great new york and now these messages What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gagging with the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant with the Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. All right. Well, so 
something I don't get to say too much on an 80s podcast is let's move into <laughs> the 90s and talk about a couple of the more movies because I think, you know, your early 90s hit, hit your stride. So, of course, uh, I remember, I know, once again, Book of Love, <laughs> I saw in the theater. I remember going with my best friend oh, to wow. go see this movie because I'd seen the trailers and it looked hilarious. You were the one who saw it. I am. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, me and the, <laughs> we sat down front. We laughed so hard watching that movie. It's crazy. And I have... A you can see a DVD oh. copy of it that oh, that's took fantastic. me a long did, time to find. Does it skip? Um, it'll freeze at Quiller's party. Oh, right around it. the time they put. Well, it might. It depends on what yeah. pressing. Gotcha. The first pressing of the DVD, <laughs> every single copy had a file issue. At, oh wow! And you'd have to spot. just forward a little bit and yeah. you miss a little chunk of the party. And New Line Cinema said, if you write in and you know, we'll send you an updated copy or whatever. <laughs> they said uh, Bob Shea held a party. He directed it. He's also mm -hmm. the head of New Line Cinema at the time, or I think he still is. But you know, they he sold to Warner Brothers, sixty million. Good job, Bob. <laughs> Good job, Bob. Um, he say, held a party, and he goes, "Well, we've lost." one and a half million and he goes i'm gonna hold a party every year and announce how much we've lost on book of love <laughs> oh my gosh oh wow but it's it's fun it, it was yeah i want another one of those kind of un, underrated uh fun movies that i just enjoy um so i definitely want to bring that one up because it's, it's a it's 50s you know yeah. it's period it's always fun to do period pieces yeah. and i would only i'd only done little house and waltons as period <laughs> pieces right so i was used to westerns and i had done a western series the apple dumpling gang series yeah uh, gun shy so horses yeah. and barns and wood and dirt <laughs> and mud and here it's like slick back hair yeah, and yeah. clothes and great music and you know that um and it was bob shea you know, going off of Bill Coswinkle's Jack in the Box. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack winds up yeah. naked in an empty Kotex box mm -hmm. walking home with his friend. <laughs> um, they go, we got to change the title. Fast food, we can't. Yeah. It's got to be something else. Yeah. So they, it was going to be called The Great Pretender. Ah, okay. And then they settled on Book of Love. Yeah. Which but that was, was super fun. Yeah. Uh, we all got really tight. We brought the adults became kids again because mm -hmm. they stood at one point bob chase standing on a set in a school in like <laughs> glendale or pasadena which was you know around it was built way before mm -hmm. the 50s so it's era um accurate and he's got his there was a club in his school the rajas and he had guys wearing raja jackets <laughs> and then the girls in the poodle skirts and the thing and he looked down and he goes whoa what Bob? Because I just had a total flashback. Yeah, like I yeah. think it's the LSD, Bob. But yeah, uh... <laughs> might have had something to do with it. Yeah, and actually, the author maybe more on the. Uh... Yeah. Um, Bill Kotzwinkel was friends with like Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters, and so there's some subversity in Book of Love. Mm -hmm. We called it um, uh, American Graffiti and Diner meets Porky's. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Good we read diner dialogue. Mm -hmm. I do a nice note. I threw in we're at the carnival, and he offers me. Uh, he's Chris Jack. Yeah. He's got his uh, uh, hot dog, his cheese dog, <laughs> and I go, "You eat that?" Which is a total <laughs> Reiner, Rob Reiner line. I mean, um, anyways, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Riser, Paul Riser, Paul Riser, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we did. We would watch Diner over and over again. And we're like, Danny Nucci is Mickey Rourke. I'll be <laughs> Daniel Stern. Uh, you know, we each picked a guy. 
That's awesome. Oh, and they cut it out, but um, the older Twiller is Michael McKeon. Right. What right. they cut out was the older crutch was David Landers. Oh, wow. And they shot a scene at San Francisco Bar and Grill in Santa Monica where the two of them are sitting there commiserating over the old times. And you mm-hmm. know, they talk about the yearbook and then he goes home and gets the message uh, from, um, okay. uh, yeah. from Gina. Right. <laughs> Gina Gabooch. Gabooch. Yeah. Gina Gabooch. I've got, uh, Oh yeah. I got five minutes, sir. Okay. Yep. So and, we'll definitely you brought me into the nineties with book of love. Yep, I had so a great year in 1991. Yeah. You did toy book soldiers. Toy and then don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah, so I mean, just oh. I, I'm not even ask questions. Just you got those are the next two I was going to talk about. So just just go. What do you what do you got that you can share? Oh, move right into after Book of Love did. Um, Don't tell on the babysitter's dead. Chris yeah. Young helped me prepare for okay. the part. Um, and <laughs> that was a blast. That was back home at Adventures of Babysitting time mm-hmm. with a fun director, uh, Rolling Thunder, mm-hmm. um, great producers. The producers had done movies like the sting and taxi driver mm. and close encounters. They knew mm. how to make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And not just get your day done, <laughs> but they knew how to make a movie. They knew yeah. how to really like, Oh, this is working or this isn't working. And like mm-hmm. the movie, there's three movies you, you make the movie, you write the movie, you shoot, and then the movie you cut together. Right. Right. And um, to have them be flexible and listen to the actors and go with the real thing that's happening on set. Mm-hmm. um is rare mm-hmm. and it comes with everyone having everything else tight and okay we got the story clear that's fine mm-hmm. we're moving along pacing is great let's get some character in there <laughs> let's get some relationships in there and get some yeah. laughs yeah. i think that's where the laughs come from also great dialogue yeah. until i had some of the greatest dialogue ever yeah then i go to charlottesville virginia for toy soldiers oh my god <laughs> first of all everybody in town had tried that for it you were between 15 and 25, <laughs> 8, 32. You know how they have older people play. Right, right. Younger. So everyone is going up for it. And most of the parts are tough guys. Mm-hmm. So they're all oiled and working out and wearing like cut off <laughs> shirts and like showing off like I'm a tough guy. Right. And I'm like, I'm going up for the nerd, man. I'm going to dress <laughs> down. I'm not even going to do my hair that day. Just I'm going to pick my nose and be like, right, right. need a lot. Yeah. You know. Worked with the makeup department. We put red, you know, not only on Don't Tell on the Babysitter's Dead because of the Kenny's weed smoking. Right. We put red eyeliner for that. But then, you know, he's allergic to everything. If he's allergic to everything, let's mm-hmm. give him red eyes. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Snuffy had red eyes. And then me and Will Whedon had so much fun just stealing the picture out from underneath Sean Aston. <laughs> yeah. Don't really put did. me and Will together in a scene because we will just <laughs> steal the crap out of that. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> saw that in the theater. Saw Adventures in Babysitting oh, in the great. theater. So yeah, I've 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 seen all your big hits in the theater. There's some that I that I missed, but but yeah, I don't want to take a much. I know you got a few more minutes, but now um, next time we can pick up and talk more. I have yeah. stories for Toy Soldiers for Don't Tell Mom. Oh yeah, great yeah. and um yeah. So so I did reach out to my followers if anybody had a question or something they wanted to say to you. And so I do have two real quick. I'm going to mention so one fan Joseph Bernie Martinez. He just want to say. You need to make him some waffles, please. Some chocolate Belgian waffles. <laughs> Belgian waffles. More mocha Swiss coming up. There you go. There you go. And then this is kind of jumping into what's more current. But uh, one of the one of my guest co-hosts, Nicholas Pepin from uh, Pop Culture Roulette, 
he's a big Kevin Smith fan. He said, is it as much fun work with Kevin Smith as it seems to be? Nope. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I mean that in the best way. Okay. That what you think is going to be a bunch of loose kind of like, oh, we're making a movie. No, right. no. He's a very focused and serious yeah. filmmaker. Gotcha. So when gotcha. it's kind of quiet mm-hmm. and hearing makeup or where you're getting your mics on and he's three <laughs> feet over there and he's not yeah. talking to you. Yeah. He's not talking to Jay and Jay's not talking to you. And the sound guy's looking at you like, don't, don't last night was, you don't want to know. And I'm like, right. Okay, I don't want to know. So, but you know, the results were something that were not just a fun, frivolous thing. Reboot yeah. had great work by Jay and yeah. Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn Smith and, mm-hmm. and Jay Muse really did. They went method and they cried mm. and they Hell were yeah. phenomenal. And then yeah. you have Brian pull it out for clerks three Mm-hmm. and jeff they all they all did such a great job yeah so yeah I'm, i am proud and honored and lucky and mm-hmm. thank my wife for asking kevin to be in the movie <laughs> to be part of the view viewers universe awesome and i want to sh- give a shout out to your wife i love watching you guys on social media you guys are so awesome i was going to ask you how you guys met and tell that whole story but we'll save that for next time because right. i'm a i'm a romantic at heart so i love hearing people's uh, stories but i love seeing you guys on social media you guys always bring a smile to my face so oh, uh, please please give my love to her as well and thank you so much for being a part man i really appreciate it I really appreciate it too and we'll talk again soon couple, yes sir g- give me a couple get past these next few <laughs> events and uh rock and roll man appreciate it yes sir have a good one thank you you too take care still here? It's over. Go home. Go.